Welcome to the latest podcast in the Workplace series from the People Mentor, Nicola Richardson. Hi, welcome to the latest podcast from Nicola at the People Mentor. Today we're interviewing Emma Langton, whose business is Emma Langton Coaching, and I hope I've said that right. I'm terrible with words and names. So, um, so welcome, Emma. So tell me a bit about your business. Well, hello, Nicola. And yes, you've said it absolutely perfectly. Thank <laughs> you. It's so lovely to be here. So I am... Um, my business is where I help business leaders and entrepreneurs to with that like mindset and mm-hmm. uh, coaching and sometimes a bit of hypnotherapy in there as well. Mm-hmm. Overall, I help them to um, be more confident, to achieve more without the stress, doubt and overwhelm. That's the primary areas that I work in. You know, so I work with people who feel like they've got something that's holding them back or that they are struggling to achieve maybe personal or professional goals in some way, but they're not quite sure or they can't put the finger on it. Or people who are putting in extra hours um, just to feel successful as if these people that kind of end up, they feel like they have to work more to just stay on a level with everybody else. Or they worry that they're going to be found out. Yeah. Um, or people that just generally want to feel more confident and, and motivated or want to be able to do that job well or move to the next level really well. Yeah. And then, yeah. It, then, then as, a, as an aside, um, I don't do this very often, but occasionally I will go into people's companies and help train their workforce about kind of stress and what it is because it, it can really you know, stop people being able to function and perform and even contribute to time off. Yeah, and and do you, do you know what you've just brought back a memory to me? Um, when I first went into leading some teams, um, there was a particular team that you could clearly see were exhibiting signs of stress. Mm. Um, so my viewpoint was that we needed to do something about it and work out what were the root causes of it all. So we used a stress management tool. Um, which is going back some years and so they did a questionnaire and anything that came out in a red were the topics we needed to discuss as, and then the ambers if we had time and it was really illuminating and actually it was only small little things that actually needed doing but it's that tweak like you say in your mindset and and so if somebody's got the opportunity to um, be with be able to have that opportunity to talk to you do you know why wouldn't they take it up I think I think it's a brilliant thought exactly because I'm I'm all about like you say it can be little things but they can feel really big to that mm. person and especially if they feel that they're not recognized or they're not heard or, or things like that so it can be smaller tweaks it can be about it's very a very personal sp- mm. perspective on things as well mm. you know so you might have a senior manager who thinks well what's your problem with that but <laughs> you know their perspective is about I don't know not feeling valued or or, or Mm. various other things or you know feeling rushed or not being allocated particular work um yeah and so when we change that person we can't change often change like we can't change everybody else is what I say no but we can change the way that you think and feel about Mm. those situations Mm. and I think you're right we could we could talk for hours actually (laughs) we could hearing stories I think so I'm intrigued what made you start your business well, I have spent about 20 years in corporate, um, you know, large national yeah. or multinational environments. But 
in um, oh, 2007, I adopted two girls, right. um, sisters. Um, so they were four and five and a half when they came. Wow. Now, they came with... I had this wonderful business sort of plan, career plan, where I was going to take the time off and then go back to work part-time and it was all going to work marvellously, yeah. as I think we often do before children arrive. Yeah. And then the reality was that actually they had many more special needs than we were even told. Right. So I did go back to work part-time for a little bit, but it was just not really working out. Their needs were so great because they weren't managing to stay in school, school weren't managing to um, support them very well. So I ended up taking redundancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but I did think, well, what am I going to do now? Because I've worked since I was sort of 14. I did hotel work and things like that, you know, as, as sort of pocket money. So the interest that I had in, in how to help the children meant that I got this interest in your mindset, in neuroscience, how we respond, how we function in the world. Mm. So I then chose to retrain in, in, in coaching and hypnotherapy. Mm. And with a view to being able to set up a business at some point. Yeah. Um, and so that's what, you know, made me start my business a couple of years later. Mm. So, so it was around flexibility, but at the same time, you were actually developing yourself as well. So, so wow, that was yeah. a big step. It, is, it was a big step. But when I was finding out about the kind of the, the psychology and, and how our experiences affect the way that we respond... I just had light bulb moments going on and it was just like, it just made perfect sense to me. Mm. So it felt, it felt really easy. Mm. I was really intrigued in it, but it felt really easy to be able to learn all these things you see. Mm. And when anything's easy or we're really, really interested in it, then we just want to know more, don't we? We do. An incredible amount of personal development um, and, and, and learning and training, but um, because I sort of loved it all and was fascinated by it all, it didn't feel like hard work. Mm. And that's the thing, isn't it? it, it yeah. if, when, when you're passionate about it, and that's how I feel about doing management and leadership and going into teams, and that is my particular love, is actually going into the team and seeing what's really going on yeah. and then, then identifying what we need to do. So like you, it's just, it's just, it's almost fun. It's not fun, wrong word. But you know what I mean. So okay. we get such a reward, I think, yeah. from it, don't you? Yes. That's it. Yeah, you've summed it up nicely. <laughs> Thank you. Um, with your expertise in mindset coaching, um, I'm intrigued. Do you ever use that experience on yourself? All the time. Yeah. All the time, Nicola. Because you know that it was really difficult with with um, with my girls. They their special needs meant that you know, there was, there was more, the terrible twos are awful, but there was more than terrible twos. Mm. You know, there was more than temper tantrums. There was a lot of negotiation with um, different outside services for about support, negotiations with schools and things like that. So I had to be really, um, you know, really strong and really comfortable in being able to advocate for them, but also to be able to put myself forward and present myself in the best possible way to get the best for them. Yeah. There's a lot about um, thinking about, there was a bit of business and a bit of, um, a, you know, the personal development and things. Yeah. There, was, there was like strategy about what do we want to get out of these meetings? 
you know, but there was also about how it is presented. Because if I went in as a teary, yeah. you know, snotty, gibbering wreck, people are just going to think that, well, that woman's anxious and it's passing on to the kids. That's, you know, that was quite often the thing. And I also had to really get really clear on, on things like self-care and boundaries. I'm known in some places as the boundary queen because I can now identify boundaries, 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 where people have got, you know, problems and, and are struggling with their own boundaries. I had to be really clear on boundaries mm. with them, you know, with myself and with the girls and about what they really, really are. Because often people think that it's just like, let's just set up some barbed wire or some brick walls and be really rigid in that yeah. we must do this. And it isn't. It's about a lot of that, how we feel about things and then how we present it and um, set it out for other people to understand as well. Mm. So I was doing that at home with the children, but I was also doing that with, with these other professionals. Mm. So a lot of this mindset, you know, and about how I'm accepted, how I'm being received, um, how I come across, using language yeah. to... Um, you know, to get that message across really, really well and really yeah. clearly. Um, and also to kind of, you know, using persuasive language <laughs> a lot as well to get people to do things, which is a thing that you'll see yeah. a lot in leadership and teams. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, it's that influencing and, ne and yeah. negotiating. Um, it, you know, it's this give and take, isn't it? That people have got to feel like there's some sort of agreement going on. And if they don't get that, they won't buy in. So, so you're right, and and I can see that all of those skills that you will have learned from doing that actually then come into play in your business because yeah, yeah, you know, fantastic. So, yeah, but I mean, a, probably a very tough time, I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely, and for for quite a good few years, you know, because we think we'd get one thing sorted and then something else comes <laughs> along, as it does with either yeah. life, business, kids, you know. Yeah. Um, so that that kind of roller coaster aspect where they all the life the business and the kids all sort of interweaved at, at various times yeah. as well so um yeah massively. yeah <laughs> yeah I get that who whoever says that when the children leave home they leave home can I just tell them that's not correct I've still got <laughs> a 32 year old who still keeps coming back with problems so hey so there you go. And I'm probably listening. She's probably going to kill me later. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, what, what was the biggest lesson you learned um, from, from starting your business? You know, what really, you, you know, not, not necessarily failure or anything like that, but something that really hit home about that helped you as a business owner. Right. So my, so my biggest, um, my biggest lesson was about being careful about what we, um, what information we take on board and what we kind of end up believing, mm. um, either about ourselves or about people around us. Um, so we talked really briefly just before we started recording, didn't we, about like yeah. social media can suck you in. Yeah. Now that, for example, it can be really, really helpful in our business when we're yeah. using it, you know, as a tool to promote us. Um, but it's also can be really time consuming. Oh. Um, and it can also be though quite soul destroying, you know, in that online world, we talk about comparisonitis when we're comparing ourselves to others and mm. it apparently looks like somebody else is doing really, really well. And then we think, Oh my God, I'm not doing yeah. very great. And we're comparing, Yeah, you know, and, and I had also, so I'd done that in and around my business. I'd also done that in and around the things that people were telling me like to do with the kids and the family and things. Yeah. Yeah. It's about staying, 
staying in our own lane. Obviously, I was running my business from coming from a really different um, starting point. You know, I'd had to give up my corporate job. Obviously, there was a choice in there, but I had to give it up. Yeah. Um, so then we'd gone from having two um, high corporate salaries to, to one. Yeah. So anything that I was going to learn in my business was a bonus because we thought that we were going to get nothing and we're just going to have to accept and live within those means. So I was coming from this very different standpoint and then I had to get really, really comfortable with what I was doing, with what I could manage to do mm. um, and then work from there. Whereas you can see that there's a lot, whether it's social media or in any other sort of network and in different environments, you can get that that viewpoint that you kind of were not doing enough or that we should do this and we should yeah. do that and we should use this and sort of yeah. grasping at all these bits of advice. Definitely. So getting really comfortable in what it is that, that are our priorities in what it is that we need to do and then almost that staying in our own lane mm. um, and, and just doing what's right for us. Mm. And I love that description, staying in our own lane. I think that yeah. will stay with me. Yeah, and you're right. It is because you can feel that, as you say, you're not doing enough or you look at somebody else, a competitor. Um, and, that, and that's a sad world to get into, isn't it, really? So, Definitely. Yeah, one to avoid. Um, so um, what's the biggest challenge that you faced in your business? <laughs> I think um, the biggest challenge came from like my belief in myself mm. almost. Um, I was, I was really well respected in the corporate world. And there was often times when, when people, when I would be called for to sort things out, mm. you know, with, with like transformations or dealing with particular management or um, things like that. And then when I came, cause I completely retrained I had sort of ended up thinking that these people from my corporate, that some of them we were still friends with, some of them that we still saw, or that if I was putting certain things on social media, and I think this thing is quite common, that I was kind of like, that those people might think, well, what do you know? Mm. But you but, know a terrific amount, but it's, it's convincing yourself, isn't it? It was kind of convincing myself because in my head, I was still that corporate girl. Yeah. Because I did love that job. You know, I hadn't left it with, you know, feeling, you know, fed up and, and or sour about it. I still absolutely loved that job. Mm -hmm. It would it would have been, you know, written through me like a stick of rock, really. But then I'd completely retrained. And although I really loved what I was doing and, and had got all of this wider knowledge of everything in the mindset and, and neuroscience and things like that, there were still some areas, not all areas. I was fine with strangers. If you, if you like I was yeah. fine with like potential clients that were yeah. coming to me like people that I didn't know it was just those people sort of from my old life that I struggled about being able to talk about you know what I did and, and feel really confident in that mm. and honestly all it, it just took time and conversations with those people for me to be able to hear and accept that actually they believed in me and they respected what this new information and these new skills that I had mm. it was just me that doubted that yeah and I should think they found it very helpful as well, because I've no doubt that you would you would point them in the right direction or get them to think a little bit differently. Um, certainly I, from the conversations I've had with you, that's what you do. So, Yeah, and I can remember sat, um, it was a social evening or something, and I was sat with somebody who would, in the pub who I'd actually sat 
um, across a desk for at one point, and he was chatting about his brother who was struggling or something. Um, and I said, yeah, but you've got to remember that there's this and there's this. And he was like, oh, God, yeah, that's so true. Mm. He said, you, you know, you're really good at this, aren't you? And yeah. you know, So there was pockets in there, but you, you have to believe what other people tell you as yeah. well. And, it, and it's about this, when you do strength training, they say to you, it, for every one negative, you need another three positives to make you believe yourself. And it's true. And in fact, I think it's probably more than that in reality, because, because you do tend to always cling on to the worst bits, don't you? Absolutely. And that's, um, that's a ratio as well that, you know, I tell people as well. And, but actually that was delivered to me in, in the early days of um, adopting the children as well, you know, um, which actually sounded really, really scary when you, then you thought, well, actually I've got a five-year-old. So now it's going to take another 15 years to, to redo the positive. And I was like, Oh God, that sounds horrendous. Yeah. But actually it was, um, you know, she's that five-year-old is 16 now and, and, and there's, there's been massive, massive strides. So I think when you think about things in on yearly terms and about the impact that you can put in on how frequently you can put that impact in, mm. then it's not as long and it's not quite as big. But it is a roughly, I would definitely say it's roughly that ratio, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So something we all need to remember when we say negative things, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah. So what skills do you think you brought from your corporate world? Gosh, loads. Um, I think, you know, that that real life experience, you know, that knowledge of how things are really busy, um, how, you know, I can remember writing on my CV that I was able to keep calm under pressure, mm-hmm. which is a skill that we, we need. But what that means is that we hold everything in and don't recognize that it's yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Build up the stresses in yeah. reality. Um but I understand that that's how people are expected to work. I understand about transformations and, and about changes in structure and expectation. Mm-hmm. So all of that being brought in, mm-hmm. you know, that where I provide guidance and, and clarity and, you know, streamlining processes and having to be able to have that kind of overarching um, view of where a company's strategy is and, and what it is that they want to achieve but also then recognizing that there are pe- real people here, real people with real thoughts and real feelings. Yeah. And so whenever somebody comes to me, then I say to them, look, I totally get all of that. Mm. And you can give me the logic and the rationalization to everything, but you are entitled to feel what you feel. Mm. And then we need to get you, you know, yeah, being okay with that. Um, yeah. So, no. I bring all of that. Uh, yeah. sort of, you know, into my work then with with each individual person yeah. so we're very similar in the fact that you work with with leaders and coach them and entrepreneurs um whereas I like to go into the team and then I look at what's going on behind the scenes the things they're not same but you can see are being exhibited um so very it's very similar and it's almost a continuation isn't it so yeah. um because you have to get both right for it to to be a successful business um, yeah um and the trouble is in this busy world don't you find people just don't take that time out and actually stop and look at what's going on around them quite often all the time um so I also have a podcast and one of the recent episodes I talk about self-care um and I start it with you know don't just roll your eyes at me when I say that because I know (laughs) people do yeah but one of the things that I do explain to people is um, I, I hire a, a room, a consulting room. For, there's still a lot of people locally that won't see me face to face. So I do that one day a week. And in this beautiful room, 
in a lovely old building. It's got um, an old sort of cast iron fireplace and things. And I say to people, you know, in the olden days, people sat round a fire and gazed at the flames. People sat there reading a newspaper. People sat there down in socks and they actually had a conversation with each other. Mm. And what we do now is we sit in front of the TV with a phone or an iPad or something like that in our hands at the same time, mm. you know, and all the kids have got their heads down plugged into something, you know, and we don't just do that one thing at a time. Yeah. So this is where, you know, so self-care isn't just about, I mean, I do, you know, love a bath and things like that, but self-care isn't, is more than a scented candle. I say that's where we're quite sarcastic in our house about, <laughs> that. you know, so it's more than a scented candle. And if you're having a bath, it's not because you're dirty, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's because you're locking the door and you're having some relaxation and some, you know, and yeah. some, some time out and, and, and things like that. But because you're just going to go and do that one thing. Mm. That, mm. and that's the bit that, that we we forget to do in today's world because it's fast-paced and it's busy and there's mm. such a lot going on I, th I think you're right because when when I'm feeling really under pressure I tend to um, say to my husband let's just go for a, a walk in the countryside yeah and you just attune to what's around you and it just grounds you back down um, but we don't do enough of it definitely not so no and 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 the, the green spaces are um getting getting less as well yeah, aren't they? they are yeah. um i found a lovely little walk this a uh, couple of weekends ago um and it's called freeston shore and it's it's you can see the sea in the distance but you can't actually get to it but it's a gorgeous walk so that, yeah. that's my new favorite spot <laughs> for anybody listening in lincolnshire and you want to find a spot don't dump too many yeah. of you please <laughs> yeah absolutely a couple yeah. of weeks after this podcast goes out Nicola and that place will be swamped and you'll be thinking I wish I'd never said that <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um so you have other commitments outside of your business don't you so yeah how do you manage to juggle it all I schedule and I'm yeah. really clear on boundaries and expectations as I've said you know yeah. but scheduling um for, for me you know some people will um, say that maybe I'm a little bit anal about these sorts of things, but um, I've, I've, scheduling just really, really works when you set aside time, because like I say, you can get sucked into doing different things or, or something can be much more time consuming than you realize. Mm. But if I, if I plan out my week with whatever it is that I'm doing, even including, you know, say still school visits or um, even just time out for me or going off and doing things for me as mm. well as uh the dog walk the um that's regular you know which is also a little break and a little time out um and making sure that people are aware of when i work and mm. the hours that i can respond to them mm. um and you know that's a big thing there was i once um we were once away for a weekend and um my phone rang um and my husband had answered it. I was busy with the kids. And he came to me and he said, oh, uh, somebody wants to talk to you about working with them. So I did the call. But you see, each sort of inquiry call can take 10, 15 minutes, sometimes yeah. longer. And, um, and then I said to him afterwards, I said, I don't actually answer my phone, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I'm really good. And people do get distressed when they see my phone. And it's got, you know, something like you know, 234 emails in the little number at the corner and yeah. X amount of numbers on the Facebook uh, oh notifications or messages and things like that 
you know, and various text messages that are sitting there. But I'm really good at leaving those because I think when my when the kids were really, really little, there was no way I could like take inquiry calls and begin to do that sort of thing if they were, you know, jumping around or, or really needing my attention because yeah. I'd not had them from really little to sort of train them into, you know, mummy's on the phone. Mm. Um, so I, I had to make sure that I was okay with leaving those things. So it is about that scheduling and being really clear on boundaries. Mm. Um, and I'm, I, I'm good at saying no. And it, that's a skill set in itself, I think, isn't it? Oh, it is. And I think, <laughs> I think the majority of us probably don't, don't do enough of that. And I certainly yeah. know that's where I, I, I fall down. I find it very interesting about your notifications, etc., and the fact you could ignore it, because that's one of the areas I struggle with as well, right. is, to, is, to, is to ignore them. Um, but you're right, because really, when you go on, most of it's nothing of real interest and it's just what facebook or linkedin or anybody's deemed that they think you might want to look at really um and i think it's about getting a bit more ruthless about turning off some of those notifications as well yeah absolutely so you know there are certain times when i just turn them all off so i don't get email notifications mm. and things like that um and that can really, really help because then it means that you have to actively just set aside the time to then just dive into whatever it is, you know, that page, that app, that, you know, that um, function. Um, but also we have to remember that, you know, even places like Harrods or John Lewis and, and Tesco, they're not, they're not open all the time. No. You know, we can sit there on the internet and put an order in, but they don't send it out straight away. No, exactly. You know? Yeah. Wherever it is that we order, the online shopping world, you know, is huge. People can do that at two mm. and three in the morning, but it doesn't get sent out straight away. So really think about the fact that these people might be sending us messages, but they might not be expecting us to answer straight away. Mm. They're just sending it because it's convenient to them. Yeah, no, definitely. And then we get back to them when we're open. Yeah. No, and that's so true and we need to remember that and so I yeah. think that's a really good tip there actually so thanks for that Emma you're welcome so. um, how do you define success and what do you think makes someone successful okay so I love this I did a blog post a good while ago that I might actually now that you've asked this question me reinvigorate so yeah I think you should um, I I think everybody. I think we need to recognise, as I said, we we don't want to get dragged into comparisonitis, and we need to recognise that each person's definition of success can be quite different. So there was a little rhyme, I think, in this blog post that I did a while ago, and I won't remember it all correctly, but it was like, at the age of four, success is not peeing your pants, <laughs> and then at the age of, you know, eighteen, success is like having a driving license, and at the age of I don't know, 40, it's, um, you know, it's being, it's having enough money to do the things that you want or something like that. Yeah. Um, but then it comes back round to, you know, at the age of 84, success is not peeing your pants. Yeah. Again. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah. for me, certainly in my, you know, my children, my family is a success because actually, you know, we've managed to sort of keep our children with us. We've managed to get them through education when at one point yeah. it was looking like it wasn't going to be possible. Mm. Um, fantastic then. So that, you know, that's absolutely fantastic that, that we've managed to do that. That's a real success. Mm. And, and I like, I know for other people that they wouldn't necessarily see that as a success. They'd just see that as everyday life. Mm. So it is about, you know, where we are individually for my business. Um, 
I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with the success of it. You know, I might not be on some big international stage, but I, I do have, in my view, a successful business. Mm. I have regularly and fully booked from month mm. to month. Um, and I, you know, it's a, it's a viable business that has a decent turnover. Mm. And um, at one point, I was only working one day a week in the time that it, we could manage that. Mm. Um, and I've more than replaced what was my corporate salary mm. when, as I said earlier, that it went right down to just, just my husband's salary. Mm. So that's an absolute success. So I think definitely. it's definitely mine. And um, I trained with 12 other people and the, none of them are in, um, none of them are, are using it in their own business. Oh, that's sad, isn't it? Yeah. Really yeah. sad. So and where do you think they've fallen down? I think some of them were doing it as an add-on. Right. Um, to whatever it was that they were doing originally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know there was like a, there was a HR lady there um, and I think she thought it was going to be helpful to, she was an independent HR person. I think she thought she would use it and be helpful um, with some of her HR clients. So I think she might still use it, but it's not there solely um, as a sort of brand new right okay yeah. you know coaching business and that's all that it is that's done there was somebody there that was a nurse that I wasn't really sure where they thought they were going to incorporate it or whether they thought that it was a possibility about getting a job um and being able to use it in their nursing but nobody's running a, a sole business so so that is a real success for you isn't it yes. that is yeah yeah but do you not think we're bad as well at um with successes we think it should be big things and it can be little things so um yeah you know um like passing an assignment to me is a success to me because I've put my soul into that flipping assignment um I'm fed up of talking about these assignments I'll be glad when they're done but (laughs) you know it's those little things as well that actually if you if you concentrate on them aren't they aren't they so rewarding absolutely um, and often it is the small things. There'll be times when I've got people that are, are struggling with a confidence and I do say to them, write down um, five to 10 things that, that kind of just were okay today. Mm. Mm. Just okay. Because if we begin to try and look at something, you know, that's, that's super and fantastic, our brain will dismiss it anyway as going, oh, don't be so ridiculous. You know, mm. it wasn't that good and, and, and things like that because we do naturally err on the negative. Yeah. So we, if we find things that are okay and then we can look back across that day or across that week and go, yeah, that actually that meeting was okay. That, that meeting was a success, you know, or I handled that member of staff really mm. well or, you know, the, the outcome for that client was a success. You know, and then it's not necessarily about have we got something, a business the size of Richard Branson's, you know, or have we got, you know, that's what I mean is what is, what do we define success by, Um, you know, so is it about the monetary turnover? Is it about the amount of staff we've got? Is it about the amount of customers or clients that we serve? You know, is it that we've got a fancy car on the drive? Different people's um, idea of success, you know, will be very different. Yeah. But I think it's about that, you know, what what do you want to have success look like? And for some people, it is just to handle that meeting well. Yeah. 
exactly and so we shouldn't dismiss anybody and, mm. and what they do and what they achieve so you're right so yeah so thank you for that and again I think there's some good tips in there as well to think about for people what makes a business owner a good leader and, and do you think a business owner should be a leader absolutely do yeah you know that business owner is they're the boss as I said, um, you know, you decide when you're open, when you close, you decide who it is that you're going to see, when you're going to see them. You know, they set all those expectations. So, yes, they, ha they have to be a good leader of themselves. They also, though, this is, I, I am banging on about boundaries again, aren't I? They also, though, need to set that boundaries and expectations for, for their customers, for their clients. Because what that does is when we go, right, you know, so I'm going to see you every week, for example, mm -hmm. and we'll set the dates and I see and I'll talk to you for an hour and I'll talk to you on video and we do this and, and then I'll send you that and we'll work through this program or, you know, we'll work through this and this and this that's going to help you or we're going to do this and this and this. So you're setting that expectation, you're mm -hmm. setting those boundaries and then you are leading mm -hmm. the process yeah. with that person yeah. for that sort of overall goal of whatever it is that, that they've come to you for mm. or whatever is the outcome of the success that they want to see yeah. so yes we have to set that strategic direction almost and you know and that's what leaders need to do now it might be that we have you know a VA or a social media um, support person or somebody that does things on our website and things like that so we don't have to be jack of all trades and do absolutely everything but we do need to be able to, um, you know, to lead ourselves in our business and then bring along the other people that we might have, whether that's clients or sort of, you know, staff members and, and paid for our help. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I'm glad you agree that they are um, leaders as well, <laughs> having had differences on this one. Have you? Yes. Have you? Yes. So um, I, I, I listened to some of your podcasts and things, but I've not heard it yet. So I will listen out for yeah, that. That'll be interesting. Yeah. It, it was an interview as well. So, yeah. Um, moving on, um, what would be your number one piece of advice for people who want to start their own business? Gosh, um, niching. Um, they need to be really, really clear on who it is that they want to serve. Now, I niched, I suppose, um, before I knew niching was a thing. <laughs> um, because I, was only, I only started working on one date in order to fit in, um, in and around the needs of the children, then um, I decided that all I was going to work with, as I said, was like the, the kind of stress, anxiety, confidence. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, to keep it really, really simple. You know, I could have gone into all sorts of things like people, I could have worked with children. I could have worked mm. with tricky children or children with issues, but I decided not to because I was living with it. I could have worked with, say, people with, say, addictions or something like that. I decided not mm. to. Um, so I, I inadvertently almost niched. But when you get really clear on who you want to work with, then everything is so much easier. You mm. know who you're talking to, you know who, what it is that you're saying, um, you know what it is that you're selling. Mm. so closely followed you know by making sure that you've got some good sales advice because if you can't sell you you're not gonna you're not gonna bring the money in if you're not bringing the money in you've not got a business mm. you're right yeah but, but you have to know what it is that you're selling and who to yeah so yeah. that needs the kind of you know get really clear on that mm. I think did you you found that out quite quick 
really, didn't you? But yeah. I think some businesses, and, and that's something I've really struggled with. Well, I know I want employers, um, yeah. and I'm not fussed about what type of employer I work with, um, although I'm told I should really be targeting specific employers and I'm not convinced that I should because the principles that I apply can be used in any employer so okay. and I totally get that because people would say you know well find your avatar you know so you've got mm. you know so you've got like um Katie who you know is this sort of mum and does this this and this I never did that what I did was I said I work with stress and anxiety so mm -hmm. if your problems are da 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 mm. then that's what I can help with now, I work with men and women, and I probably get about 60, 60 70% of men. Mm -hmm. And I don't particularly target, I don't write it for men, and I don't mm -hmm. write it, but I don't write it for women. I just yeah. you know, write my information, I suppose. Um, I think there's two different sort of camps, really, that we can have, like the, like the person or the company, which is the niche in bit. Or you, for me, I've always had, this is your problem. This mm. is your problem. This is how you feel. This is how you, this is what you want to feel like. Mm. And that possibly is the same for you, you know, so yes. you're a company who has, so mine is kind of like, you know, when I'm talking to companies about the stress thing, you might have a high attrition rate. You might have uh, lots of people going off with stress or you've got poor productivity, um, you know, or you've, you've just got loads of really grumpy staff or something like that yeah. type thing. So that creates the problem. Mm. and the the outcome that you want to see is yeah this I, li I like that I like that approach that actually makes it easier to understand I think yeah 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 so you know focus on what is the problem what is the outcome it doesn't necessarily need to have that mold of um, a particular like say person or company mm. yeah now that's good advice I like that thank you um who or what is your inspiration Oh, I think my kids are my inspiration. You know, I'd really like to think of some, some great big business leader and things like that. But actually, I'm a little bit closer to home, I think. Mm. Um, and my kids are my inspiration. I think um, they struggle because of their early experiences each and every day and have an amazing way of coping. They mm. possibly don't think that they are coping mm. you know, and you can definitely see when they're not coping, but you know, for them to get up and go out into that big wide world mm. every single day when they feel so terrible often on the inside mm. and, and they still get up and do it, then yeah, definitely. Mm. That's a lovely one. Like it. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Um, and I would struggle because I thought about this, I've not answered any of these questions for myself. Um, <laughs> but to me, my inspiration would never be um, somebody famous. And actually, really, it's probably my husband because he motivates me to keep going. And he and he's and he just he's yeah. just funny with it. And just, you know, I just think he's got that thing that inspires me to keep going. So, yeah. So yeah. I can understand that one. Yeah. Thank you for that, Emma. You're welcome. Um, so I'm going to move on to the last question. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's been brilliant having you here, Emma. I've really enjoyed it and I could talk to you for absolute hours. So <laughs> there you go. Um, and I'm sure we could tell many a tale between us. So um, we'll perhaps have to do that one of these days. So, yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, so what's your biggest tip 
for our mindset and well-being that you'd share with other business owners for them to take away from this podcast? Okay, so I want everybody really to think about being kind to themselves. Mm-hmm. We are so good at beating ourselves up. We are so good at putting ourselves down or telling ourselves that we can't do all these things. The number one thing that I say to everybody that I work with and loads of other people that I see as well is, you know, you don't need to beat yourself up because the reality is there's plenty of other people out there that are going to do it for you. So you can take that job off your to-do list. Yeah. You know, be kind to yourself. Mm, Definitely. If we don't talk kindly to ourselves, you know, then what example are we setting and what expectation are we setting for other people? Yeah. And we... We can almost we can almost hypnotize ourselves with with this kind of negativity that rolls around mm. on the inside of our heads. Um, so if we start all start being kind to ourselves, that can make a massive difference to us. Mm. I think you're right, and I think that's a lovely note to end on. So thank you for that, Emma. You're really so welcome. So appreciated your tips that you shared and all your insights. That's been really really lovely. Um, so thank you, Emma. Appreciate you taking part in this podcast. And this is the People Mentor signing off. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you need any help or advice, please contact Nicola on Nicola Richardson at thepeoplementor.co.uk. The People Mentor, driving your business forward. <laughs>